It's the CMXU Manager Check-In, brought to you by KTM Canada, Husqvarna Canada, and Gas Gas Canada. Also brought to you by Bristol Coachworks, with your host, Ryan Gall. Alright everybody, like I said on an earlier podcast I did today, I've been a little behind. Um, I've been busy. I had the E-Can, preparing for the Trans-Can, and all kinds of can-cans in between everything, which kind of slacked on my podcast stuff. But I'm back and we're doing another manager check-in. And of course, this one is going to be brought to you by our amazing partners at KTM Canada, Husqvarna Canada, Gas Gas Canada, and Bristol Coachworks. Make sure you follow them at Bristol Coachworks on Instagram and YouTube. And this one's going to be a fun one. I, I like this one because he comes from a bit of a different angle than the rest of the managers that I've, I've chatted with. This is the Factory Red Bull KTM uh, Fly Gear Racing Team Manager, Matt Duroy. Matt, how you doing, buddy? And thank you so much for the time. Hey, I'm doing pretty good. Still flat out chasing those, uh, those good results. So uh, I'm actually at the office uh, still wide open chasing the results it's been nothing but good results all year come on you're not chasing them you're just you're you're just uh, steady <laughs> yeah i mean yes but you know it's not though it's not over until the championship is done uh, you know, at Molten Transcam, so we're still uh you know we're still fighting we have another a uh, couple other stuff uh, on the go as well so uh yeah um you got uh I, I know that you're not really a part but you guys you guys have a big one with outliers coming up too right with red bull outliers yeah yeah, exactly. Like the outliers for us, for our company, is probably the biggest event in the in the year because you know we're supporting our colleague from uh, from uh, Europe and then even the US. So this is a really big one for us. So it actually takes quite a bit of time. You know, obviously those bikes have different parts uh, than the, what we use during the season. So like, there's a lot of things that need to be uh, you know coordinated with these guys shipping bike. They're getting their bike directly from you know from Austria. So. We have to coordinate all that uh, with our uh, with our guys, you know, from the U.S. and uh, Austria. So yeah, yeah, that's uh, a lot of shipping stuff uh, going around. <laughs> yeah, that's a big one for sure. Um, let's take a little step back in the time machine um, and just kind of get a little bit of the the resume or the Coles notes of Matt Duroy. Um, how you got started in the industry? I don't I don't know if I've even ever asked you if you were actually a racer rider yourself. And then I know you became a kind of a mechanic and you've moved your way now into the manager role. Just tell the people how you got to who uh, to the spot you are today. Yeah, no, and uh, thanks for thanks for that. Actually, you know, I don't really talk too much about my background. Uh, but yeah, actually, uh, the way I came in here was obviously with uh, Kevin. Um, I've known Kevin for quite some time. And um, believe it or not, I used to race quad. Uh, I've actually raced for a BRP Canem at a professional level. Uh, so I I'll, er- I'll erase that part from this, okay? Nobody wants to know that you race yeah. quads. <laughs> okay. I don't mind it. It got me where I am, so uh, I don't mind uh, talking about it openly. <laughs> so, yeah, no, so basically, me and Kevin were pretty much training during the week together, and I was always helping him because, you know, the quad guy, they, they fix stuff all the time because they break stuff. So. Yeah. But actually racing the U.S. with the, the, the U.S. national, like Unadilla, Red Bull, and all these trucks, I actually raced them on quad. So Very cool. Um, that's what I used to do uh, in the past. And then uh, when BRP uh, announced that they were pulling out the plug on their racing program with the quad, uh, you know, I don't come from a really uh, high, uh, high society, I would say. So I, didn't, I couldn't afford to just keep going my, on my home. So I didn't really know what I was going to do. And then fair enough, KD's like, man, why don't you just uh, become my mechanic next year? And then I was like, you know what? Why not? 
and uh, here I am, uh, eight years later, managing the team. So yeah, it, it, it started from just a basically how it, it started with KB this year is how I started with KPM, you know, eight years ago with just a phone call. <laughs> that's pretty crazy. I, I definitely, I've never even thought of asking. I knew it was you as a mechanic and uh, that's pretty cool that it kind of went that way. Training partners to mechanic to team manager. It's a, yeah. uh, that's a hell of a, yeah, that's very neat for sure. Um, yeah. Let's get into uh, the season uh, thus far. Actually, let's take a little step back maybe to last fall. Um, I'm, I'm guessing it might have been a, a small little bidding war, but at some point you guys sat down and said, we want to get Ryder McNabb. Um, can you kind of take me through the process of how that went to get him over to the KTM team? Because obviously he had a, a big home with the, with the GDR squad, but then obviously I think with the way that you guys work globally, it made more sense for them to do it. But maybe just give me your thoughts on how it all kind of went down because it's paying off. It's paying off right now. Yeah, no, exactly. And actually, you know, most people think that uh, that we were the first one to actually reach out to him. But actually, I think uh, Ryder was originally, you know, set to go in the U.S. Uh, last year after his championship. And, yeah. And, uh, you know, as uh, most most people know now, it actually didn't work out with the team that he was going to go. So I pretty much got a phone call from uh, the McNabber crew, and then they're like, "Hey, this might not actually work out. We're not sure, you know, what you guys are, what you guys plan, and everything." And like, you know, right away, like, man, like, I want to get him back on our bike. I, I feel like, you know, he's obviously now he proved it again yeah. this year, but like, I, I feel like he would be a really good fit with us. And then, of course, I think on their side, they know that, you know, globally, like you said, they, they could be a good opportunity for the future to actually, you know, give it a shot back, you know, in the U.S. Uh, afterwards. So, yeah, it all started like that, basically, when I think when his deal didn't, didn't really go through, uh, like they were defended uh, last year, uh, we just, you know, start talking and, you know, here we are, you know, a couple, uh, actually almost a year, uh, almost a year later. And then, yeah, he's still uh, leading the championship and then uh, doing pretty good. Was there any uh, any worry on your guys' end after uh, the Texas crash with the broken uh, foot, ankle, whatever? It's so long ago now, I don't even remember what it was. But it was a, was there a, a bit of a worry or going, oh, man, now I don't know what we're going to do kind of thing at all? Uh, yes and no. I mean, if you look at our experience with injury in the last – you know, two or three years, I think we're getting, we're getting used to getting those phone calls. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so I try not to stress too much about it anymore. Like actually plan like, what can we do? And then, uh, we had a lot of great doctors <laughs> throughout the years. So I think we have good, uh, good, uh, good people in our corner that can help us out, you know, take decision and make sure like, okay, is this possible? Is this not possible? To me, when Ryder crashed, I think where his speed was and where he was, you know, uh, comfort-wise on the bike. I wasn't too stressed that he could come back fairly quick because he did have quite a bit of time on the bike throughout before that crash. And, you know, you're, I, don't, I don't know if you remember when you were 17, but uh, to me, like, that age, you don't really, I guess, it just, you, you, you just fix pretty quick. And yeah. Just, just get back on the bike, it's like nothing happened, basically. Yeah, yeah, 100%. So, it's not like when you're 30 years old or even older that you're like, oh, my God, you know? So... Not the same, so I th I wasn't too too stressed. Obviously, once we talked to the doctor and had different opinion, we made sure okay, it's still plausible. And like the fact that the first round was not a full thirty five minute moto at Gofordu, and I knew like his speed would be fine. Uh, so I wasn't too too stressed to be honest. And honestly, like I knew Kevin would have good speed. So in my position, I was like okay, like 
let's just get through West Coast, healthy, and then uh, you know, you know, ramp it up at uh, you know, out, out, out east. But and then in the end, I guess he just uh, he just uh, you know he just killed it right away. So yeah, <laughs> yeah. it worked out good. But no, I wasn't really too too stressed. Obviously, it wasn't a crazy injury like a knee or something that would have been different. But like um, you know, broken bone at seventeen, you held up if you have the proper. Uh, plan and everything i don't think it's you know it's that big of a deal um with that signing and then the whole discussion with calvin two stroke in the fall all coming in you guys had kind of a, a dramatic fall eh? there's a lot of sort of um yeah. you know lots of people talking and asking questions and and oh look at this the drama going on like there and then leaning into that whole two stroke thing it obviously didn't make it didn't work out and it's it's probably gone the better way obviously because calvin's been amazing but just kind of give me that overall like that fall time you must have been busy answering a lot of questions of like why are, what's this? What's going on here? How's this working? And you're like, holy shit, I'm just a team manager. There's no drama here uh, kind of thing, right? It, yeah, no, exactly. Like like you said, there's a lot <laughs> of drama. And to me, when he came in, I was like, man, like, I thought about that idea. I just look at the rule book from last year. Like, man, he's, he's if nothing changed, he's eligible, basically. You know, like, he wasn't, we weren't doing anything crazy. We didn't try to change anything. You know, like, I think... Um, if you look back at the, you know, the old rule book, I think some stuff were written or not written or people thought it was written, but it wasn't or, or anything. But, you know, yes, I had a lot of questions and, and uh, stuff to, uh, to answer. But, you know, to me, it was like, hey, man, like, we're allowed and I don't, I'm not going against anything. That, I'm not doing anything wrong here. So I think it was uh, obviously, like, talk good, talk bad, but talk about it. So, I, I mean, in the end, it's... Uh, it didn't work out on like well, it didn't work out on the four stroke, but like this whole thing actually, you know, might have been just stressed for no reason in the end. But you know, like you said, Kevin's been like this the day he jumped on our four stroke, you know, uh, two fifty. He's like, man, like, this is probably the best bike I ever ridden. Like, I, I, this, this is it, you know. And it's funny because basically it all kind of happened because Ryder got hurt. So in the end, it kind of like everything, you know, happened for a reason, I guess. And then yeah. Uh, KB just jumped on that bike and he was like, man, like, oh, this is the bike. <laughs> yeah, as, uh, I mean, obviously, you know, Kevin Benoit, two-time champion. He's one of your good friends. You know his work ethic, all that stuff. But has he surprised you this year with how fast he's been um, on that bike? Like, he even told me at Calgary when the first time I saw him, he says, dude, this is the best bike I've ever ridden, just to kind of relay what you just said. Um, but have he, has he surprised? He surprised the hell out of me. I knew he'd be good. But I didn't think he'd have that raw speed that these Piccolos and McNabs have, and even Harrison, uh, like that rawness, just being away from the sport, man. He, it was like he never even left. Like it was, like he's yeah. been there the whole time. It, it, it kind of blew me away. I'm, I mean, you guys know him so well. Was there a bit of a surprise there? No, to be honest, I wasn't really surprised. Like just because, like you said, I've known him for so long, and before making that decision I, I, you know, I saw him ride that you know last year and uh, when I, we were at the provincial and he was barely you know he was not even riding during all you know every single week and just show up to races and he was still at that that raw speed that you you know the type of thing that I guess you know, when you do it for so long or a certain level maybe you don't lose it that that fast I guess and you know obviously going at 250 and I think our 250 is pretty damn good so um, I wasn't really surprised um no, not really, to be honest. <laughs> okay. Um, let's talk about the differences between these guys. Basically, Calvin could be Ryder's dad in the age yep. difference, right? It's kind of funny. How do you, yep. as you being the manager, 
how do you manage a 17 year old and a 34 year old and also make sure that they're you know being motivated not against each other all those kinds of things I feel like you know as a, if you were like a dad and, and Ryder's this, your stepkid with a, a new girlfriend and Kevin's the son from your original wife and you got to figure out how you balance this at Christmas dinner and one guy likes broccoli the other one likes cauliflower and I just it seems like quite a wild sort of story under the tent how do you balance it all to be honest, um, everybody pretty much uh, gets along fairly good. I think Kevin being older and he's got so much experience. You know, when the day that I told Ryder, hey, listen, your teammate's going to be Kevin, he's like, uh, you know, type of deal. Like, oh, my God, you know, like, okay. But in the end, I think Ke I, once we talked about it and I made him realize, listen, like, you can gain so much, like, experience from that guy. He's going to help you so much, you know, with the bike. Because he's been through it, he understands the motorcycle, you know, he's worked with so many people, you know, throughout his career, that in the end, Ryder really benefit from Kevin just by bike setup on the weekend or just, like, easiest example would be go for you. KV, like, uh, Ryder was back, you know, doing the Red Bud thing with Moto Combine and stuff like that. And we took a day with KV and kind of tested more in the sense on different scenario and stuff like that. And whatever we ended up with, we literally copied it, put it on Ryder's bike, and then first lap, I go for it again. This is good, perfect. Yeah. I, even, I, you know, so in the end, I think you really benefit from Kevin. Same thing with uh, with Jess. Uh, Kevin and Jess have been riding, you know, as much as possible uh, since Kev uh, Jess, uh, you know, is based in Quebec now. Um, the, you know, sometimes you don't find the roughest track, or you don't feel like riding, or you don't feel like pushing today. But we have a guy that's, you know, when you're two guys on the same track. Your racer, your champion, they're both champion. They all want to beat each other every single time you're on the track. So it keeps you, keeps you motivated. And it keeps you uh, honest to, uh, you know, try to find that edge. So I think for Jess, it helped him out to be a little bit more loose, a bit more like, you know, flat out ice racing line, you know, not super perfect, trying to be, you know, perfect technique all over the place. And KB is the opposite where he, sometimes he's got to, you know, slow down to go faster, you know, let go that front brake and actually flew a little bit more instead of being too much on off. So overall, I think both guys really benefit from each other. And uh, but yeah, obviously the, 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 the Kevin being like the oldest and more experienced, he's you know, I think he really he really brought his experience on the motorcycle for us this year, and that's been a huge benefit I think for for everyone. Um, for Ryder, I don't really see him as a typical kid. Like you know, he shows up one weekend, he didn't have any phone. He broke his phone for a week and has no phone and he doesn't care. <laughs> you know? He's like, I don't have phone. Uh, if you want to text me, uh, text my girlfriend. I'll use her phone. And, uh, yeah, no problem. You know, so <laughs> I don't think it's really uh, you, like it's pretty unusual. I would say for a 17 year old in this uh, generation. So I think it's been great uh, on that side. And like the kid is pretty, uh, it's fairly, uh, fairly easy to have. Uh, easy going obviously when you're winning it's always it's always easier too I yeah guess. yeah you know i could be if nobody was winning or being successful it might be a different story uh, right now but at, at the moment uh i think it's it's been uh, it's been pretty good um let's move to jess pettis now um i'm not too sure if you know or not but i'm i've been a huge fan of jess's uh since i think it was 2012 it might have been 11 uh he had a run-in with weston rosina at the Transcan. He was leading the motor. He was on Cowies back then, young kid. And Western Rosina took him out 
and on the, like the last lap or something like that. And Jess ended up second. And I'm like, you never forget that you were the better racer and you got beat up by a bigger boy and a, a more aggressive yeah. rider. Don't ever forget that. Use it as motivation to make sure your career and, you know, obviously Weston's career has didn't go as planned. He had a great career, but he's retired now. And, and Jess has carried this flag and he's always kind of been maybe up against a bit of a wall sometimes, um, whether it be an injury or, or a team thing, he won the two championships, but he is riding so good this year, but Dylan is just that little bit better uh, as far as like, I feel like just letting it hang out. Like you just said a minute ago about Jess being maybe a little, little too technical sometimes and maybe not crazy enough on the bike. Um, but he's just such a, like, such a, a beautiful rider. His bike looks like it's always working good. It, and, um, you know, w- without Dylan Wright, there obviously you want competition but him and dylan are 50 seconds to a minute ahead of everybody else um what's it like under the tent right now with jess and just you know getting seconds being the second place guy but still knowing like he's probably riding better right now than he ever has in his career uh yeah actually i totally agree with you obviously you know the the amount of injury unfortunately that jess had in the in the last uh you know two or three years I think it takes a toll on you. Not gonna lie, they were all, almost all big, pretty big crashes. Um, this year, uh, I think his biggest goal is to, you know, get through a full season. LT was probably his top priority. Obviously, getting a result, a good result as well. Uh, like you said, I think he's riding really well. Um, but you can tell when, you know. If he's not comfortable on the track or if there's a little thing, he's not going to send it like, you know, like Dylan would do at, at, at the moment. And I think you can understand that, if, you know, yeah. if, if you go through so many injuries, like, man, you know what? I'm not willing to hit the deck today. I'm just going to take whatever I have. And I think it takes time, you know, to get back to that, to that willingness to send it a little bit more. And then you see it with, even with Kevin, like Kevin been, haven't been hurt in like five years. And you yeah. can tell this year he was sending it because he kind of forgot what it, feels like to be hurt right yeah yeah and yeah I, you know it's the best example in my opinion because like kb now that he, he got hurt at 70 fairly you know fairly big he's like man like i don't think he will he would take the same chances now uh that he that he did you know all year long before that right yeah yeah uh so for jess i think it just goes like okay let's you know one day at a time he's some you know when he wasn't super comfortable he might have, you know, backed it down a little bit or just, you know, you know, slow down a little bit. But overall, like you said, I think he's a really great uh, athlete. He, you know, he has the work ethic 100%. I think sometimes he's just himself is his biggest enemy uh, out there. And uh, But I'm, I'm really happy with the way he's been riding lately. Uh, he's, and, like, it's not, a, it's not a problem of fitness or willingness to, you know, to, to put in the work, that's for sure. And I think... Um, you know, it's just going to get better for him uh, from now on as, as he keeps, you know, getting better and more confident and like, okay, I haven't been hurt in, you know, I think it's the longest time that he's been on a motorcycle for a long time, like, you know, so yeah. getting hurt. So that's a, that's a huge plus for him. So, uh, you know, obviously we still want to win. Yeah. Um, you, you know, he's not, you know, when he gets to the podium every weekend or underneath the bed, he's not, you know, big smile at all, happy to get beat because, you know he's he's trying as hard as hard as he can, and then um, to get beat uh, sometime, like you said, with somebody like just maybe sending it a little bit harder here and there, or just not you know caring about being perfect every single corner and everything. Uh, 
yeah, it's just uh, that's what it is. Um, at the end of uh, last year, I don't know if you can share this or not, but did you guys try to go after Dylan? Yes, we did. Yeah. Did he ride the bike? Uh, I have. <laughs> okay, I'll take that as that. Um, I, I believe that your 250 is, I don't know, one of the best I've ever seen in Canada. Um, now, obviously, you guys are, uh, you know, you're the only factory team here in Canada, right? Where, you know, MX-101 is a, is a track that gets the bikes, and they build their own program and stuff like that. You guys are the only factory team, factory-based team in Canada. And I feel like I see that within the 250 bike. It just looks like it's so good. It's so fast. It's always working. No issues. Nothing like that. Not that other teams are having struggles, but there are some out there. Um Talk to me about the difference between what you guys can get maybe compared to the other teams. Like, what is the best advantage that you guys have? And what do you think is a disadvantage being the sort of only factory team here in Canada? Um, well, you know, obviously, you know our brand. You know how we are. It's like our, our quote is like, you know, ready to race. So they, quite a, they put a lot of effort into their racing program. Uh, we're fortunate enough that me and JSR throughout the year built a pretty good relationship with the guys over there uh so it's you know we're just one phone call away from you know carlos or ian or roger to just have like you know sometime we have question or anything like this the biggest thing is probably when we change a new model yeah the guys test so much before we even get our end on the bike that when the bike gets out they're like you know five miles away ahead of, of everybody so for us that's a huge um a huge help. Obviously, we all know that our engine program is is really is uh, pretty pretty solid. Uh, we have the opportunity to work with factory service. Uh, that you know, it's it's the factory service you know uh, building in in, in Marietta, California, that you know built every single engine for the for the race department. So we're fortunate. We're for, we're pretty fortunate to have this because you guys put so much time in developing, testing, making sure not only the bike are fast but they're reliable, right? You know, we put about 20 hours on our 250 engine before they even get a single check. And the only thing we change is oil and clutch. So for us, you know, and I think for as a, as a rider, when you know you get an engine, you put it on the bike and you can go wide open, that it's fast and there's little chance that something's going to happen. I think that gives a lot of confidence into the rider ability uh, to just go and get the job done. So I think that's a huge help. Even on the 450 side, is the same thing. Like, you know, I think our bike are, are really reliable, and I think uh, that really helps uh, our rider to be, you know, competitive and, you know, to get the job done uh, at the end of the championship. Is there a disadvantage um, being in the position uh, you guys are in? Like yeah, you- I was gonna, that's what I was going to say. As far as disadvantage, obviously, uh, you can't do everything we want. Like, some, like sometimes you almost would like to. Because uh, you know you have more eyes on you, you gotta make sure like basically if there's a you know you know how it is nowadays with social media. Oh yeah. Manager on social media, everybody's on social media, so everything has to look you know perfect, straight. You know as far as graphic or anything that's underneath the tent has to be you know you can have something that shouldn't be there that's you know not related to our sponsors or or anything like that. For sure, it brings some um, some stress on that side. Um, I'm trying to think if there is anything else that you know could be negative on on, on, on that. And it's uh, I, 
pretty hard. I, like I said, I haven't never done it the other way. I've only been at KTM. So yeah. For me, it's it's hard to like to really say. Oh, if I've done it the other way, maybe I'd be like, oh yeah, I wish we could do that. I could do this, but you know, I've I've been at KTM and KTM only, so it's it's a little bit different for me. I would say, but. I think we still have a. I think we have more positive than uh, negative for sure on, on our side, and I think we have a pretty good, pro, pretty good, solid program uh, uh, overall. Um, obviously, there's lots of you know it's rumors and talks. You know, Ryder McNabb, um, the agent of Ryder McNabb, who is the same agent as uh, the Je- the Lawrence brothers. Uh, you know, and he obviously last year the goal was for Ryder to go to the states with that firepower Honda team. Didn't work out. They still want to do that. He's still so young. Got that opportunity. Um, is are the conversations being had of him not coming back next year, uh, moving forward to the states, but also maybe coming back in a couple of years? Are these uh, whatever you can share? Are these conversations kind of going down? Because the rumor obviously is is that they really want to do the American Outdoor Series next summer. Yep. No, and then I can openly talk about it. Uh, I'm not, uh, you know, afraid to share that. Obviously, uh, Ryder, and I think you know he's 17. Um, he's got his whole career in front of him, yeah. and you know I think it makes sense that he would like to go to the U.S. So for me, obviously, I'm you know I've been talking with uh, my colleague over there, trying to I want to I want to try to keep him on our brand as much as possible. Um, it, on his contract, basically, he would be staying with us for next year, except if he does find a, a ride in the U.S., he has the right you know to to go forward with that. Um, and you know, I'm not really the guy that's gonna tell him to. I know you have to stay here. I think the kid is, you know, I, I really respect the kid. I respect them, and then he's been doing really good here. Obviously, I would love to keep it on our brand if he does go to the U.S. So obviously, I've been pushing that toward that more than anything. Um, but you know, I don't. I like to me, it would make he's at the point of his career, like, hey, let's go down. Even if he goes there for three years, he's still come back when he's going to be 21, right? Yeah, so yeah. He still has so much in front of him that, like, I think it's the, the, right now is the time. Uh, I truly believe that he, he still has a lot to learn because you go to the U.S., you know, Supercross is the biggest thing over there. Yeah. So, uh, you know, my, my, my take is, you know, I'm trying to tell these guys to slow down and they have to really almost start from ground up from zero to really learn the basic of, you know, Supercross and, you know, keep keep evolving before they actually show up to a Supercross AMA uh, race. Um, I'd be really uh, interested to see him against uh, these guys in outdoor right now. But I personally, and I think you would agree with me that if you want to have a factory contract in the U.S., you got to perform on Supercross first. Yeah, oh yeah, um, yeah. So they like that. They, not that they don't care about outdoor, but they for sure take care a whole lot more about Supercross than anything. So uh, that's where, like, I guess you know, if he does go to the U.S., he's got to have a good program, good people around him that are not going to throw him in the world. Because I feel like if you go to the U.S., you're just another guy right away. Like you're just another seventeen guy, seventeen years old kid. That you know, there's a lot of those kids out there. Yeah. Oh, yeah. No. A hundred percent. Um, so. with the uh, if if he were to stay, right? He obviously has to go four fifty next year. I know you're a rule guy. Read the books. With that, the I know they added no, a rule. Actually, uh, I was talking about uh, with Brad about that, and uh, I actually have the rule book in front of me, uh, Goldie, and he's turning eighteen, uh, I believe, in September. In November, is it November or September? Oh, e- either one. But if he is eighteen as of January first, he has to ride four fifty. 
No, so the, I, I got the rule book in front of yeah, me. Okay, I, I sent it yesterday. I sent it yesterday to Brad. <laughs> so I'm like, hey, how does this work out? <laughs> Competitor, 18 years old as of January 1st of the current year. So let's see, he turns, uh, uh, he's going to be 18 years old at the, at the current year of 2024 because he's going to be 18 you know, yes. this year. Can exercise a major exemption to remain in 250 up to a maximum of three championship titles. Okay, so he Basically, is... Basically, the way I, write, I, I read it, he could be allowed, he could be like, you know, eligible to keep riding the 250 class. Now, is this what we will decide if he does? Okay. A discussion we can have, um, but he could be potentially... Uh, uh, be eligible to uh, to ride the two fifty next year. Okay. The way I, I, the, the way I, I read it. Yeah, no, that makes sense. I must have, I, I read it and I missed that little part there. I just read the as of January first because that's that's how all our rules go, right? As of January first is the date or yeah. whatever for all that stuff. So okay, kind of cool. So there there are some options then, if however things are, which is kind of nice for the seventeen year old kid. There'll be some options on the table. I guess my next question was going to be if he had to go four fifty. Are all the eggs in the Kevin Benoit basket for next year then for the 250 class? Uh, that's another discussion. Uh, hey? <laughs> if, you, if you ask AB and myself, probably before Sam Billy, it would be a different uh, discussion than right now. Yeah, no, as he's, as he's <laughs> having a, a, an ice tub and a, a hot bath and a, <laughs> getting a chiropractor. And <laughs> yeah, uh, I wouldn't say they would all be in the same basket. I think, you know, there's a lot that needs to be dealt with first, obviously with Ryder with decision to stay or not stay. Um, to me personally, if you, even if with his injury this year, Kevin, I still believe that he's the top, you know, one of the top Canadian out there. Yeah, I think he proved that with his speed, is you know, his result, you know, before that, you know, unfortunate crash at Sydney, but he's still, you know, third in the championship, uh, despite missing a round and missing a moto and having those crashes. So, for me, I don't see why he couldn't come back like to, to do what he did in this, such a small amount of time on the motorcycle like to me if he just spends another year of actually you know keep you know keep going back like even himself and we discuss sometimes like man i still don't have that sharpness and i don't know if i'm gonna get it back but i'm still not like i used to be an 18 about everything you know i still yeah. need to learn some stuff back so i don't see why he couldn't be a contender for the championship uh in 2024 that's for sure so as of right now uh all contracts are up though at ktm correct yes Kevin and um, yeah, the only guy that's uh going we're going forward of 100 like like it's already done is the right now okay cool yeah so there's some the stuff only guy that has like well, had a two-year deal the only thing that you know he has in his contract that we we you know we uh we approve was that you know he has to he can get a u.s contract before october 1st yeah. got you uh, and you guys will be doing uh super crosses and stuff uh that is not sure 100 okay and there's a lot of stuff we do uh, motocross like our company you know it's not just motocross we do like off-road events and yeah stuff like that so we got quite a bit of stuff there that man there's a lot of people at those events like yes man, oh yeah you go to you go to corduroy uh, yes find out know, the fnsq off-road uh, series here in quebec uh the outliers uh there's a lot of stuff that you know there's a lot of people there that make sense for us to be there oh yeah it's okay that we support you know that uh that type of, uh, of racing as well. And then obviously our brand are doing really, really good over there. Uh, so 
where we're going to put for sure, we always try to put focus there at the end of the year when we're, you know, we don't have as much stress with the national or anything. So, um, no, I, to be fairly honest, none of our uh, athletes are contracted to do the Supercross. Okay. Uh, we're not against doing it, though. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's really like more so the rider, how he feels and, and everything. And, you know, if they want to go, we will support for sure. But if, if, if you know, we're not, we're, they're not contracted, they, ha- they don't have to be there. Gotcha. Um, lastly, before I let you go, I'm, I'm, I'm pretty sure it's, it's a pretty strong thing that Ryder and, and Jess would be, uh, part of the MX of nations team. Is that something that would be supported to? Uh, yeah, so I don't know where this podcast is, when this podcast is going to be posted or anything, so I'm not going to say exactly what I know. Yeah. But if they, if they are, uh, selected, uh, we will 100% support them. And then, you know, for us, this, again, as, as a KTM company, the way we, we, we operate, it makes sense for us to really do it and do it the right way. So we would rather put like, you know, 100% focus on that, you know, at the end of the year and keep these guys focused, training, racing. So, you know, we can have the best shot as representing, sorry, our, our country. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, for sure, we'll, we'll be invested in that if they do end up going. Uh, you know, I think the chances are pretty pretty high because obviously Ryder is leading the championship as we speak and Jess is in the second, uh, second place behind Dylan. So, um We'll for sure uh, support that event if uh, if we end up if they end up being uh, chosen. All right, well, it's been another manager check-in here, everybody. Thanks so much for tuning in. This was brought to you by KTM Canada, Husqvarna Canada, Gas Gas Canada, and Bristol Coachworks. Thank you so much to our partners. Please support them so they can support us. Uh, Matthew, man, I really appreciate your time and your honesty uh, with this podcast, man. That's been super fun. Looking forward to seeing you at the track here. And I don't even know how many days we got to go back and live in a field again, but we'll be there. And uh, are, you, um, are you going to TransCan early with the KTM rig and supporting and stuff? Uh, not fully uh, first day. Uh, I won't be there the first day, but we'll for sure be there a bit early, trying to support you know everybody and uh, support all the events that we have uh, going over there with you know, the the rig tour and you know the ride with me with the with the bicycle and everything. And so yeah, I'll be there a bit early, but not uh, I won't be there on Monday. Well, uh, <laughs> all right. We'll see you when you see you, buddy. I appreciate your time. Thank you so much again, and uh, get back to work. Yeah, thanks, buddy. We'll see you in a bit.